0: Hey good morning y'all. How you doing? It's a great day. Let me tell you what Thanksgiving is coming up. I love Thanksgiving so much. Um, It's a little hard to to be thankful sometimes right? Okay. It's been an adventure for the Shockley household this week. We lost our water on Monday. We got it back yesterday. It's okay. We are showered. It's good. We're good. If you smell something it ain't us. All right, you, you may. I don't know what you're smelling, but it ain't me. Um, I am very, very thankful for our blessings. Um, sometimes Thanksgiving kind of gets passed over and uh, on the way to Christmas. It's just like that little blip in between like Halloween and Christmas, but I love Thanksgiving. I realize that some of you, your experience with Thanksgiving is your weird relatives coming from weird places, and they have weird political opinions that are different from yours, and it all blows up on you. I know sometimes that's Thanksgiving. But you know what? Thanksgiving has something that, it it has a wonderful focus that most other holidays don't have, and that focus is gravy. <laughs> I have a picture of, of what's going on in my brain right now. That's going on in my brain right now. That's me thinking about Thanksgiving. Just put me in that, that kayak on that gravy river coming down a stream of mashed potatoes. That is me. So, I don't know. We have people from all over the place. I know some of you grew up in places where gravy is not like a big thing. Uh, I went to Wisconsin in August, and my joke was everywhere we went, I asked for biscuits and gravy and iced tea. And they looked at me like I was a hillbilly. Well, and, <laughs> you know, if the shoe fits, you know, it's fine. That was a lot. I love gravy, though. I hope you've got something to be thankful for, even if it's just gravy or if it's running water in your house. Um, I pray often, Lord, hey, Lord, make me ready to appreciate what you give me, make me ready for blessings, and maybe this is some small part of it, is just the blessing of running water. It's a, so you got things to be thankful for, you really, really do. I don't know all your story, um, but I know this, God loves you, and he's doing things in your life you can't see. And we want to remind you that we want to be part of that with Recreate Church. Our motto is, help me out. Some of y'all know it, a lot of y'all know it, some people are here for the first time today and don't know it yet. Our motto is, no matter your story, you are welcome, you are wanted, and you are loved. That's what we are, it's who we are, it's what we do. Um, something I want to remind you of before we get started, we are having a Christmas dinner that is Sunday, December 3rd, what's that, two Sundays from now? It's, uh, so sign up for that, it's not going to be a potluck, it's going to be kind of catered, I guess we'll call it that. Um, So the sign-up is back there so we can get a head count. See the little blue tray on the guest services desk? Go sign up there, and uh, we want to make sure that you can be here for that. That's going to be a whole lot of fun. Now, somebody nudged me this morning, and I hear we got it. Where are you at, Debbie? Somebody said you need to testify about something. Is that right? Yeah? Here, let me.
1: Thank you. Um, The one thing I really am welcome for... Uh, the most of course is my family and my loved ones but this fellowship is just so awesome and uh, so I don't want to cry but anyway. Um, this morning um, we were, I was reading in uh, the second letter of the Corinthians and the very last verse in the second letter of the Corinthians um, it kind of encapsulates indeed the, the Trinity but the very last verse is Second Corinthians thirteen fourteen, and this is for us in our fellowship that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen.
0: Thank you, Debbie. Thank you so much. You know who else I'm thankful for? This fellow right up here on the platform today. Because <laughs> Friday, Friday, I'm like, I don't have water. And I've been plumbing all week. And I'm going home to plumb some more. And I'm going to plumb all day. On Saturday, so I have not been preparing. I've been plumbing all this week. For those of you who don't know, I got a regular job. I have I work a day job to support my preaching habit. That's what I tell them at the at work, and they laugh at me and say, "Well, I guess there's worse habits." And I say, "Well, have you been a preacher before?" Um, so it's sometimes it's tough, but I'm so thankful that Friday, about the middle of the day, I'm like, "This is Lord, okay." I'm like, "Lord, oh, this is your church. You want a sermon to be preached? I don't think I'm going to be able to preach it." So I thought I'm going to call this man right back here. He's usually got some message in his back pocket that is ready, and uh, he did. So um, some of you are familiar with his work. Some of you have not seen him do his pottery will before. You've just heard him speak. So would you welcome, now today, I got to hype you up, Billy. You cool with that?
1: Yeah, don't be disappointed. No, 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 no. I'm hyping you all the way up,
0: so you're going to have to live up to it. Would you welcome, give a big recreate welcome, to the man of the hour, the tower of power, too sweet to be sour, the nature boy, Billy Honeycutt.
1: Well, you know, as good as that sounded, I'm going to pass that on to Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The man of the hour is going to be Jesus today. Uh, Deborah shared that with us already this morning that that we're, we're talking about a God that kind of loves us I just don't know That's it don't get any better than a, a God that loves me <laughs> that's why it, it, no matter what Michael said if, if I'm all those things it's because God made me that way Amen. Woo. and if I don't live up to that you just have to, have to I would blame me <laughs> blame me if I don't live up to that um, anyway, today I'm going to start out by talking about uh, about Jesus. When he was in ministry and, and starting, and, and there was a, a feast called the Feast of the Tabernacles, Jesus was coming out of who he really was, and. And let me just tell you, when people talk about who Jesus really is, ruffled feathers happen. People get angry or they get saved. <laughs> That's it. There's, and, and so that was going on. And so now all of a sudden, the leadership, the church leadership, uh, the church of that time, the Pharisees, all those sees were upset. And they said, we got to get rid of this guy. This guy is distracting from us in our glory. And and, and we can't stand for such a thing because he's getting in the way. So what are we going to do? We're going to have to do something? So they started having little plans. They'd get together and say, let's do this, let's do that. Meanwhile, in the town in the town there was a woman who was in the midst of having an affair with a man. The very act of it. Her life would be one that would be one that we would look down on because we think she was bad. She was doing bad things. So Jesus, the leadership, the woman. Those are the characters in this. and let's just say me and you are there in the crowd. Okay? So what happens? John chapter 8. Because Now let me just tell you, they done, they done wore him out, Jesus. So he does what he normally does. I think when he goes to the Mount of Olives, he prays. He spent the night there. And then at dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him and he sat down to teach them. Now that sounds like a really good plan. Sit down. Everybody kind of gather around. Talk about God and, and how great he is. and Yeah, that's a good plan. Until the disruptors come, where all the people gathered around him and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law... And the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. Now, it says in some, some scripture that it says the very act of adultery. They, they grabbed a woman. She was probably not dressed very well. And what did they do with her? They made her stand before the group. How humiliating. Stand before a group, everybody. Stand up here in front of everybody. Hmm. And said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. Huh. Huh. Distraction. A distraction. Jesus came to sit and teach. How often do we have distractions when all we're there for is to talk about Jesus? The whole world comes in and tries to dis- disrupt and distract. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. Hm. Let me see. bent down Jesus could probably jump right back up that might be the question and he bent down who was who was right there who was down too right in the sand so she could see so she could see did Jesus bend down to where she was at her level where she was coming from. They were there to beat her down. They were there to stone her. They had already picked up rocks. They're ready. You guys, you're the crowd. Let's hear it. Stone her. Come on, let's hear it. Stone her. Stone her. The law says, Stone her. Huh. Jesus saying nothing, he's riding in the sand. as he wrote with his finger when they kept on questioning him he, he straightened up and said to them he straightened up hey if any one of you is without sin let him be the first to throw a stone at her again he stooped down and started writing in the sand with his finger. If you could you you start dropping your rocks that would be the only sound you would hear one at a time starting with the oldest to the youngest would drop their rocks and walk away Because, see, who there had not sinned? Huh. No one. After that, it says, At this those who heard began to go away, one at a time, the older ones first, till only Jesus was left with the woman. Still standing there, Jesus straightened up and asked her, "Woman, he straightened up again. Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir," she said. "Then neither do I condemn you," Jesus declared. "Go now, and leave your life of sin." Wow. What a story! Makes you think. What do I really think about Jesus? Who is he? Oh, he he's God. God, well, God carries a big stick. He carries a big stick, so when I get out of line, whack. (laughs) You know, like an old mule. Whack on the butt. Pow. (laughs) That's what we're going to get. Or maybe Jesus is someone else. Maybe Jesus is one who writes in the sand, bends down, gets low where I was, where I came from. Comes to my level and lifts me up. And lifts me up. And some of you, He's lifted up. Had to lift you out of the garbage, out of the stuff, out of the junk. That you think that you couldn't get out of any other way. He cared about you. If we can see that somehow. Today. That Jesus loves us so much. That he would even been down to where I was. And where I am. And help me. Why would he do such a thing? Why would he do such a thing? Do you think God wants to condemn you all the time? John 3, 16. You go back there in 17. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but through him the world might be saved. Jesus rescues us. He loves us. He wants to bend down. He wants to pull us out. He doesn't want you to stay in your junk and in your garbage. Why? Because He loves you. Huh. Oh, Jesus, He just loves you. Let's pray. Let's pray. (laughs) Dear Heavenly Father, in somehow, some way, may we hear your voice this day. Not one that wants to beat us down, to condemn us, to get us all straightened out. Help us to see and hear your love. Why do you love me so much? yes because I'm yours hmm. you need me together in my mother's womb I'm fearfully and wonderfully made wow thank you Jesus thank you may we hear your voice this day and may this man not get in the way of what you have to say to us I ask and I pray this in the precious name of Jesus Christ Amen Okay. Sometimes I get to sit around cuz y'all are all sitting down. I'm finding out that sitting down is a lot more fun nowadays. <laughs> the older I get, I love to sit down. Y'all stand around, we'll sit down and talk. <laughs> well, but that's just what happens when you get older and you have abused yourself a little bit through the years. Sitting down is your friend. So said, now, I think, let, let's go to the potter's house. Okay? Let's see. Let's see what happens at the potter's house. In, in, in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 18, that's what, Jesus, what God would say to Jeremiah. He said, Jeremiah. He said, this is how the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. He said, go down. Go down to the potter's house. I have a message for you there. The old Jeremiah, he said, okay. <laughs> you know, when a lot of times in the Bible, you hear some people say, mm, maybe, wait. But you hear a lot of times where people say, okay. They, they don't question why. They just say, okay, I'll go to the oh. potter's house. Potter's house is like a place, a community of gathering. That's back when people had to have pottery. That, that they didn't buy it just because it's purdy or something like that. They used it. They had to use it. They didn't have a choice. You know, well, what are you going to use? A, a hollowed out long, uh, piece of wood or um, maybe a, a rock that they hewed out? I don't know. Or you can get you a really nice piece of pottery. <laughs> nice bowl, nice cups, uh, chalices, You know, all kinds of neat stuff because they're going to the potter's house. So here Jeremiah goes to, to the potter's house and he walks in and there's this potter and he's at his wheel making something. And it said that the clay became marred in his hands. It got messed up. And he pushed it back down and then he started and made it into what he wanted it to be. What he wanted it to be. He wanted it to be. The word of the Lord came back to Jeremiah later. And, you know, he knew what Jeremiah had seen. He said, hey, you like that? You like that clay? And he was speaking to the nation of Israel. He's speaking to me and you. Don't you know? Don't you know? That you're like the clay like the clay in the potter's hands so are you in his hands what a message what a message so today we're at the potter's house we're going to find out what that looks like you're going to get to experience it of what that looks like now this man will probably say a couple things but be very careful and hear what God has to say to you it may be a little different than what this old man says but it will be a much more important to hear his voice okay so now we've gone to the potter's house We're going. oh so we're going I guess we better get some mud out let me just tell you I done beat on this mud right here But picking it up might be a different. Well, this is you. This is me. An old piece of clay. A piece of mud. Yep. You remember this process? Some of you know Jesus. Straighten up, boy. <laughs> come on now get some of those rough edges off you know you're just a piece of piece of mud during this time I like to, I'm like i reminded of when old David would pray to the Lord in Psalms 40 he said he waited patiently on the Lord I think he cried out in his heart, desperate, desperate for you. He said, "God inclined his ear." I love that because King James says it that way. I I just see God leaning down and inclining his ear to the cry of a man. And I think, what a God! <laughs> what a God! And he said, he he inclined his ear, and he heard. And he lifted me up from the slimy pit, from the mud, from the mire. He set my feet upon a rock. He established my path. He put a new song in my heart, a song of praise. A song of praise. Many will hear. Many will fear God. But they'll come to God because of it. Oh. Yep. It took a little beating. With a piece of clay, the beaten down part's the first part of it. But the foundation of any relationship with God has to start in the middle. Centered. Centered. Christian terms centered in Christ. Woo! What does that mean? I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. I I believe. I believe that Jesus is going to change my life. He's going to make me now into something new, something special. Did you know that when you receive Jesus Christ that you become a new creation? Old things pass away. All things are new. Yes. And it brings you all the way to a point of being an ambassador for Christ. I was, was going to bring show a little. See that? See that little thing right there? Is it not pretty? It's bright and red. See this? How dark that is? You take them out of the light. They're exactly the same color. That piece reflects the red light. we reflect the light of Jesus Christ changes us completely how we're perceived because we're reflecting Jesus not reflecting ourselves all the time just a little thought I just I was, was sitting back there and I was looking at that and I said all those are the same color that one on the end and this one and that one they're all the same color exactly but they didn't look anything alike they reflect different lights Huh. There you go. So, now, I told you we're going to have to get this thing centered up. Michael's going to call time on me if I don't get going. So, we have to be centered in Christ. Well, this clay is foundation. The foundation of any piece of pottery, every one of these pieces here that is completed, had to be centered at one time. You don't center it, it doesn't come out Right? ugly. Then it flops. But let me just tell you, this is a good day. Because see, this clay is going to get centered easy, I think. Speak too soon. Something I was thinking about yesterday that someone had said God doesn't mind getting his hands a little dirty either. Funny what you think about when you're sitting here looking at this clay and you're pushing on it. God is constantly pushing on our lives, shaping us and forming us into what he wants us to be. Because he had a plan for us. Now let me just tell you, the best laid plans. This old world gets in there and and just really messes things up. See if we can really raise this thing up. Get this thing centered not just on the outside but all the way through. Bring it back down. A little bit of water. A lady came up to me after I'd, I did a will ministry one time. And she said, "Do you know when you pour that water over that clay, it's like Jesus' blood being poured over me. I said, I, that'll preach. <laughs> that'll preach. The water helps the clay move easily through my hands. The blood of Jesus helps our lives move easily through God's hands. This is what was going on in a woman who was caught in adultery. The writing in the sand, the moving of the clay and the removing of the excess baggage. That thing's pretty, pretty centered. Pretty centered. Okay. Well, let's just go over to Psalms. Let's go over to Psalms 139. I might not even need to get the mud off my hands. Keep it slick there. Psalms 139. For you created created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. I just... I can't stop thinking about that woman when she heard the message. Everybody around her was there to condemn her. I'm getting a little... I'm doing something wrong. Anyway, there's a little rubbing going on. But the, um, I think about that woman and how she was completely broken is completely broken. But that's who God focuses on. Focuses on. That's who Jesus sought out to fix the broken. Wow. Broken? God fixed me. God fixed me. Lump of clay? Old nasty lump of clay? Potter's going to have to do something. I want you to hear something today. I want you to hear these special words. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, I want us all to repeat that. I think you need to know this. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Whoa. Y'all are special. But you still have to come to Jesus so you can finish that work. You have to get finished. Next step in making a piece of pottery, it's got to be opened up. I've got to reach on the inside. I've got to push in. Because all the work is really done on the inside. Does that sound familiar? To you folks that understand that Jesus came in and fixed the inside first. Everything that you see on the outside is a result of what's happening on the inside. Same way with a piece of clay. Open this thing up. Make that hole. Have something to work with and from. God changes the heart. Remember when you were little people say little kids say I asked Jesus into my heart. Yes they did. (laughs) And yes I did too. (laughs) I asked Jesus to come into my heart and change me from the inside out. I think I'm getting pretty close to the Bottom without having a hole. Remember that crowd? Remember that crowd? A distraction. <laughs> it was a distraction. Uh-huh. There was our little distraction, and Michael fixed it. <laughs> Thank you, God, for giving Michael that ability. He can just fix his well now. So anyway, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't mean to remind you of that on this beautiful Sunday morning. Well now it's time, what are we going to do? Now we're going to experience, you're going to see at the potter. And I am going to make a bowl. I always make bowls when I'm up front like this. I feel real secure about it but I make every one of them a little bit different. A little bit different size. A little bit little bit different shape. This will still have a nice little base and have a nice little belly. It will look something like that. A nice little belly. It will be sucked in at the top and then I'll flare the top out. I come in and do a little design on the side because I know what I want to do with this piece of clay, I've got a plan. Oh yeah, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. God had a plan? From the beginning, before I was even born? Ah, the plan. So we'll bring this thing on up a little bit. The woman caught in adultery I wonder what Jesus wrote in the sand that could change her whole life. Does, Gary, does God really love me? Yeah. Does he quit loving me? No. When I mess up, does he quit loving me? No. Got a plan for me. Got a good plan for me. Got a plan for my life. Beautifully and wonderfully made. Woman, woman, in adultery, I had a plan for her. I'm slowing it down, and I'm speeding it up. I'm doing whatever it takes to make this thing come out right. But I do push a little pedal down here at my foot. There's different times to go fast and to go slow to get different results. has to submit to the hands of the potter if it does not it cannot be shaped into what the potter wants it to be We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he has prepared in advance for us to do. We are God's workmanship. Jesus wrote in the sand. He made things right. Whatever he wrote changed a life forever. She wasn't the woman caught in adultery. She came, the woman saved by grace. Too thin because it'll chip too easy. Everything done has purpose in shaping a piece of mud. Get rid of some of this extra water. God continues to work in our lives, getting rid of the stuff that's not needed, shaping, forming us into what is usable. God likes to put a little happiness in us, too. A little style. Oh, yeah. Come on now. Hmm. Man. Reminds me of the mountains in Carroll County, Virginia. Hmm. God makes us fearfully and wonderfully we are fearfully and wonderfully made I take time fearfully means That God has intent. When He makes us, He has intent. He doesn't make us just to look like or be like anybody else. He takes His time. Makes us for His purpose. We spend a lot of our life for our purpose God has purpose that is much better than anything we could even imagine Kids are having fun back there, aren't they? That's a good sound, isn't it? it is. It makes this so much easier. Because you know what? Those kids are fearfully and wonderfully made too. And they're learning how to be like Jesus. Wow. Wow. I think it's I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty. It's a pretty one. <laughs> Folks. Sometimes I speak lightheartedly. But it's about the joy of Jesus. He don't make mistakes. He don't make junk. He loves us. He shapes us and he forms us. Let me just tell you, all these here look like this at one time. Any, anything can destroy this right now. You can come up here, and the weakest person in here, which might be me, can take his finger and destroy. The, they can take their little finger and run it right through. This is very delicate. There's a process being shaped being formed how does it get to here well first thing it has to happen this has got to dry out this has got to dry out and then it's got to go through the fire and I always want to emphasize the fire let me just tell you I know what it's like to go through the fire. You know what it's like to go through the fire. No one likes the fire. But when you come out the other side your life is changed forever. You have to have the fire to mature in Christ. These have to be matured that the next stage put the glaze on now we don't want them just matured, we want them usable and shiny and pretty and now we get the glaze put on us and what happens next, now? Back in the fire folks God does not save us from the fire he puts us in the fire to make us better than what we've ever been before. We don't like the fire, we love the results of the fire. We love Jesus more and more. We look at and we and we and we look at what Jesus is writing in the sand. I don't know what Jesus wrote in the sand, but by golly, He wrote something in this sand this day. And I don't know what it is. But God wrote something in your lives today. Did you hear it? Did you hear it? God loves you and he desires to make you and shape you for his purpose. The happiest you'll ever be in your life is when you're walking in God's will. You don't have to fight no more. You just have to learn to walk. And then you learn to run. Then you get old and you don't even look like you're running no more, but you're happy. <laughs> I can get to point A to B. Oh, how I got there. I run up. Oh, that's right. They, they say the older you get, the faster you ran when you were young. <laughs> but anyway. I want you to understand that God's got purpose in your life. He's willing to do whatever it takes. He'll get down in the mud. He'll, he'll squat down and write in the sand. He'll come and get you wherever you are and rescue Because God. God is a God that wants to rescue us. Jesus Christ came as a Savior. He came as a Helper. He came to rescue you once again. (sighs) Praise be the name of the Lord. He loves me so much. He loves me so much. He did whatever it took. He continues to do whatever it takes to make us into the people He wants us to be. You quit on him, but he don't want to quit on you. He wants to finish the work. We want to finish the race. We want to finish the race well. Let me just see what the Bible says about old Billy Honeycutt here from Philippians. About finishing and running. I know I got it marked. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, strained toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me Heavenward in Christ Jesus. It's a race to win the goal to be what Jesus wants us to be. More and more. More and more. Huh. When things get tough, remember the woman. Remember the woman who lost it all in humility. People were ready to stone her the fear. But remember the woman who watched Jesus right in the sand at her level. He got down on her level, spoke to her heart, And he said, I don't see the accusers anymore either. Jesus would say to her, go. Let's not forget the last words. Go and sin no more. We're called to be saved. We're called out of the junk. Let's not jump back in. Let's learn to walk. Walk away from that, not into that. Walk with Jesus. Folks, I think we're going to call our quits right there. Don't forget the woman. Don't forget that saint, that godly woman who said, Jesus, thanks for coming down to my level. Because I'm not going to forget when Jesus came down to my level and jerk me out a mess <laughs> better than suicide hmm. better than quitting Jesus I'm going to let you close
0: thank you thank you Billy so much for sharing your gift and sharing the word thank you sir I can't add anything to that praise God praise God will you, will you guys just say thank you to Billy real quick thank you thank you thank you so as we close up, I want to remind you, sign up, sign up for our Christmas dinner. Uh, that's two weeks from today. Sign up on that back sheet. We'd love to get that on, that on there like as soon as possible so we can be planning for that. Next week, come on back. We're going to be back in the Book of Mark, Lord willing. Um, hopefully, I don't have any other like major utilities go down. Uh, or you might get Duncan next week. You never know if I'd like, lose electricity. Um, Who knows? I may may call them. Who knows? uh, One of you may be preaching next week if my house blows up or something. Um, Let's not have that. We're going to pray against that in Jesus' name. (laughs) Don't let the preacher's house blow up. It is a true blessing to have each of you here today. I believe you're here today because we prayed for that. We pray that the right people will be here today. So you're meant to be here. I want to close this up in prayer. Hope you have a wonderful, blessed week. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love and your goodness. Thank you for Thanksgiving. And I pray that you will be with us this week as we try to reflect on, on the things we're thankful for. Lord, there's some folks who are coming here out of very difficult situations where it's difficult to be thankful. And I pray you'll show them the blessings that they have and pile more blessings on. Lord, make us people who, who can be trusted with hard days and trusted with good days. God, we give you the glory. Thank you for Billy and the word. And we pray that you'll be with us this week. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you for being here. Oh, hey, one thing I'm about to forget is we have a Facebook page now, like way later than we should have. I finally uh, had somebody just say, hey, I'm making this thing. And I said, please do it. So find us on Facebook and like that page. All right. All right. Now you're dismissed for real.
1: But we're not dismissing you away from everything